Again, we said good morning, Frederick. Again, it's been a crazy, crazy morning. Appreciate all of our listeners out there who called in. Stay tuned because we have two more giveaways coming up in the show. Again, we are making sure you are ready for this Valentine. No excuses if you're a listener of the Mighty 990, Frederick. <laughs> i tell you what, after 35 years of marriage, uh, you have to be ready for Valentine's Day. Yeah, there's, there's no excuse to show up without it. Um, and so we will, again, be having these different giveaways throughout the morning. All right. Now, are you good on the headset? I'm good. I'm okay. Good. I looked over and I saw your eyes get big. I'm like, oh, no, tell me nothing's wrong with this microphone. All right. We are good to go. All right. So wanted to bring you in because you're very familiar with the political scene in Memphis. And the big race this year is going to look a lot different than last year. I mean, there was race after race after race. The big one will be held on October 5th, and that will be for Memphis mayor. Now, we had some newsmakers on the show. City Councilman Frank Colvett was the latest to throw his, his hat in the ring and announce he's running for Memphis mayor. But then yesterday, former Memphis mayor Willie Harrington joined the race for mayor. And your response to that, Dr. Tappan? Oh, boy. Um... I mean, he's been there already once, multiple times. Yeah, multiple times. City's longest-serving mayor at 17 years. He is. And, you know, he, he served half a term. Uh, he came back, won, served, I, I believe, two years, and then he resigned uh, after that. And, uh, you know, maybe the trend of electing older officials, like a president. Our, <laughs> our president is yeah. in is an he's almost is he an octogenarian yet or is he a septuagenarian i'm not i think he's in his 80s yeah so he's an octogenarian and so (laughs) and so is dr harrington dr harrington is 82 and uh i i can't say anything negative about you know his tenure as mayor uh i'm not here to do that but i just feel that and and i'm gonna go somewhere ben if that's okay sure all right, not away from the mic, but I'm going somewhere <laughs> politically. I drag you back. <laughs> okay, when situations happen like this, usually the candidate is really not serious about wanting to win the election. It's usually about three different reasons why situations happen like this. Number one, uh, l- l- let me preface everything by this. Dr. Harrington does still have a following. His name means something in Memphis. Mm-hmm. He can garner a certain amount of votes, whether he has enough to win or not. We don't know. But usually he can pull a certain number of votes. And you got a couple of things that work in the background in some of these elections. Guys with him, like him that have have a following, uh, that have a reputation, that have the ability to carry votes. Either someone may be paying him to run to split the vote Mm. they may pay him not to run so he won't split the vote or he may run for a certain amount of time garner support and then throw that support to someone else so we've got three things working here that i think is going on i don't believe that dr harrington is really serious about wanting to be mayor again the mayor's job, I'm, I'm going to be honest with you, and I've been a politician. I ran for state senate. You couldn't give me the mayor's job in Memphis. That is a, 
that's a rough, rough job if you really plan to do something about the situations that are going on in Memphis. That's fascinating, and I appreciate you taking us there. Now, in a video he released yesterday with the announcement, he said, quote, it saddens me to see my hometown in a critical crisis. In fact, it is quite embarrassing, he called the city. He goes on to say, I know the type of leadership that our city needs in Please believe me, we need proven leadership. And I think that is going to be the slogan of his campaign. I saw it on a couple of signs, proven leadership. Now, what he said about the other 10 declared contenders was pretty interesting. He said, in my opinion, this is a quote, as I look at all the different candidates that have announced thus far, there's not a single one of them that is prepared to give the city the leadership it needs at this critical moment in our history. I know what you want. You want a safe city. You want a clean city, and you want an efficient city. I think he nailed those three things. I think we want all of those. But in your opinion, as you look at the different candidates, whether that be Frank Colvett, whether that be Michelle McKissick, she's the school board member on the Memphis Shelby County School Board, whether it be Shelby County Sheriff Floyd Bonner, NAACP President and former County Commissioner Van Turner Jr., do you look at these candidates and see someone prepared to deal with the leadership issues plaguing this city? Ben, the the issues that uh, pervade this city are many and varied. Uh, do, do I feel that one individual maybe has everything that they need to uh, tackle all of the major uh, wrongs or, or hurts that this city is experiencing. I, I don't know. Um, you know, I'm looking at this list. There, there are nine declared candidates, nine, and that's Floyd Bonner. Uh, Judge Joe Brown is running. Yeah. Karen Camper, Frank Colvett, J.W. Gibson, Dr. Harrington, uh, Michelle McKissick, Van Turner, and Paul Young. And, you know, it, it's going to take not one person, but it's going to take, you have to look at who this person brings in as his executive aides, as uh, the people that are going to be filling those pivotal positions that are going to help this city move forward. It's not about one person. And I believe, Ben, it's that one person that understands that it's not them that's going to make the change by themselves. Something I would love to see, and I I would love to see it happen in the presidency also. We have several presidents that are still alive that cannot run anymore. I believe there should be some kind of advisory board. Why would you take all of that experience and just throw it to the side? I think I'm off again. Yeah, well, it's a great point. I think it's an and, excellent and, and maybe point. we could do the same yeah. with former mayors bring that group together to be some type of advisory board for the mayor. I believe that would be something that would work. What I would like to see in our next mayor is someone who really goes to bat for law enforcement and stepping it up. Because, again, I look at the governor's state of the state address yesterday and talking about this $350 million in funding to upgrade FedEx Forum, yada, yada. I love all that. It's right, great. Right. But... If you talk to anybody in this city, they just don't feel safe. It doesn't matter what zip code you live in. We just are an unsafe city, and I would like to see. And as every one of these city councilmen, these candidates have sat in front of me, their first thing is we need more officers. 
And the way to get more officers is to pay them better. And right. so when I think of that, I think, okay, well, there's a lack of funding. So maybe we take this money, this $350 million, Frederick, yeah, yeah. and we spend it on getting more officers. Well, you know, I've been preaching that from the political pulpit for a while now. Memphis is 13th in, in, in officer salary. Yeah. It's 13th. Beyond, behind Collierville. Exactly. Germantown. Yeah. Yeah. And, 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 and no disrespect, <laughs> but they have an easier job. Most definitely. <laughs> we're, we're 13th in the nation and we're top three in crime. Yeah. OK, there's something wrong with that picture. Also, and again, I've talked to so many officers. The benefit package is absolutely deplorable. And so though, if we really want quality officers, not dumbing it down, bring those uh bring those statistics back up as far as crime fighting and making sure that we have quality officers that can ameliorate this situation, we're going to have to raise the salary and we're going to have to improve the benefits. And welcome back to the show. Thanks for your patience this morning. But it doesn't really bother me that there's been a couple different technical issues only because I'm sitting on this side of this. Now, if I was on Josh's side, which to lay the studio out, there's a studio and then there's a glass separating Josh and I. And on the other side of that that glass is our engineer, Chuck. Shout out to him this morning. He is working hard to get us back and going this morning. So I'm doing well because my microphone's on. And so is yours, Dr. Frederick Tappen, who joins us again. Um, Wanted to give you guys an update on a situation that's been going since the beginning of time. And that is the Shelby County clerk. (laughs) (laughs) She is, she's back. Well, so there was a commission meeting yesterday about the Shelby County Commission um, and they wanted an update. Wanda, how are things progressing with your new Riverdale office, the location that was expected to be? It was supposed to happen like last fall. Right. And then it got pushed back to November. And they said, okay, you have a hard deadline. Meet this. We'll hand you the keys. Let's get this stuff going because we need people to get their tax and drive legally. That did not happen. Went into December, then went into January, and so they had another. They pulled her back in Frederick last night, and uh, she pledged again that it would be open by the end of last year. That did not happen. Now Shelby County Commissioner Eric Sugarman said, "I hope you're actually making progress on Riverdale." Now, Halber responded to that, saying that her office has dealt with the backlogs in processing online and mail tag renewals that were the monthly occurrence for most of 2022. So she's looking in the rearview mirror saying that's why they're still struggling. She said she's she's being honest with them. Her quote was, it's been a struggle. You all were given keys to Riverdale. I still don't have the key. This is something we're not trying to hide. And they say, no, we've given you everything you've asked for to get the Riverdale location in Southeast Memphis open. And that still has not happened. So it is just incompetence like we've not seen. And I know there had been a petition, Frederick, that was circulating if they could get enough signatures they could maybe have a recall election but she had, had she had to serve like so many days in office right, i don't have right. that number in front of me but uh, what do we expect at this point i mean she's told us who we are do who she is the first time at this exactly. point we're stupid to believe if it actually will get open how she was reelected i have no clue i mean if 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 this is a meritocracy when it comes to <laughs> 
uh, meriting your job. If you're in doing Memphis, a good though, job, Frederick, it, yeah, it is just there's, not, there's no such you know. thing as meritocracy in Memphis, in, in Memphis. But they reelected her, and she was doing one of the worst jobs ever because we have never seen things that are happening now. I, I, if can I share a story? Sure, absolutely. All right, so I went to I went to get my tags. I believe last week. I was in line for four and a half hours. Four and a half hours. I was in line, and this was at the White Haven location. I had already been to uh, the location on Mellon Station. The line was around the building. I had been to one of the other one. I can't remember what the other one was. Did you bundle up? Yeah, it was freezing that day. Yeah. yeah, it was like it was freezing. So I had on two coats. I had on I had a hoodie. I had on, and and the majority, you know, you can't sit on the inside. So everyone has to be on the except for about four people that they allow in. It was freezing. It was absolutely freezing. And then a couple of days after that, I got the news that she's closing another branch. I'm like, what is going on? incompetence on a level <laughs> never seen by mankind and, I, <laughs> and, and somehow we can laugh about it yeah it, it, but, I, wasn't uh, laughing laughing. When I, was, <laughs> I wasn't laughing when i was out in the cold <laughs> yeah and you're a pastor so you can't me i'd be swear i'd be, I'd be like, oh, i'm kidding all right so it is something that again we'll probably continue to talk about until um she finds she, a new job she, she, she's still asking for money yeah she still likes from, from I need more from money. the mayor. Yeah. And the mayor, yeah. Lee Harris, is like, Wanda, I have given you everything you wanted. Right. And now it's tit for tat. Yeah. Or just back and forth. All right. You wanted to weigh in on Balloon Gate, <laughs> as you call it. <laughs> uh, uh, it is not funny at all, but it's it's hilar- it's hilarity. Yeah. Look, if I, I've got to say this. The United States has the ability to see things happen around the world. So you're telling me, and, and you know, the excuse that the, the Biden administration said, well, they didn't want to uh, blow it up over populated areas. That was their, their byline. You saw this, and if it came from China, it had to go over water before it hit the United States. Yeah. You saw this prior to that. If you did not, then there's a problem with our defense system. And I cannot believe that they did not see this thing coming from a long way off. We have the ability. We know when rockets are fired in Russia. Yeah. Well, it's not like it's Pluto. And right, we're lucky exactly. to see it once. I mean, literally, the guy was out mowing his lawn, and he looked up, and there's a big dot in the sky. Oh, that's it, a balloon. It, it makes no sense. And I don't believe for one second what's coming out of the Biden administration. There's there's something else going on. I don't know why, because they saw this thing long ago. In the 40s, we had something called the Dew Line, and it was up near the Bering Strait. And whenever uh, Russia fired a a rocket up, we would know about it. This was in the 40s. So you can't tell me that they couldn't see that balloon coming and could have shot it down before it ever entered the U.S. airspace. Well, if you're Whoopi Goldberg, which you're not, thank God. Amen. Um, she said on The View yesterday, hey, listen, we spy on them, they spy on us. It's how 
no, look it up. She actually did. I, I like sat there. I was like, you need to, you need to lose your job for the nine hundred <laughs> for the nine hundred times. She should have lost her job. But now, now they're spin on this because, according to an Axios report, basically the speechwriters of the president are scrambling to rewrite that portion of the Soviet right, right, Union address, right. and that that's a wrench in his policies that he will tell that America is safer than it was two years ago, which no one believes ever. But they're now they're now saying that the by uh, the Trump Pentagon. I heard about that. Yeah, th- that this happened three times during President Trump's administration. So if that's true, and every one of his secretaries and officials and military officials have come out and said we've never gotten that report by the Pentagon, right? right. Then this is a bigger problem than what we saw with President Biden. I mean, that's a huge concern if President Trump and his officials, generals, aren't getting the notice that there were balloons in the sky from China. I, I, but I don't believe it. Yeah, yeah. I that, don't believe that, it that, at that all. Is, that is crazy. I, I believe that they were – I think they were trying to see how far they could get. How far – because when something real happens, I know now how to get under their radar – or how to uh, get into the country, get something into the country unbeknownst to them. It, it, it is a catastrophe. It could have long-ranging uh, effects, and I think this is something that we have to get straight right now and today because our security, our national security, is at stake. It certainly is. All right. Where can people find out more and listen to your great commentary every weekend? We're here every Saturday at 12 noon, 12 noon to 1 o'clock for the Frederick Tappan Show. We'd love to have you tune in. Uh, we had a we had a great week last week. I think we had uh, 15, over 1,500 Facebook views. Very nice. So, hey, we, you know. People, you're so, like, sorry, two, I'm three a big people. deal. <laughs> Humble brag. You're one of my favorite people. Genuinely, I am you, better ben, because here. of you. And I always appreciate when you drop by and talk to the morning show. Definitely. All right, my friend, take it easy, and I'm sure we'll talk very soon. In the meantime, trust you and yours to have a great Valentine's Day. Uh, You too. I've got to make sure I take care of that business. Yes. Well, I'm single, so it looks different (laughs) from me. (laughs) All right, we are coming up on a break. We're going to check in with Pamela Fur. listen to those top-of-the-hour headlines, of course, traffic and weather, and the Todd Starnes commentary.